you about being confident um, in God. And I said that the scripture says in the book of Daniel chapter 11, the verse 32, that if you are going to do exploit, then there is a need for you to know God. And as much as that scripture is very true, are you here? Are you with me? Yes. Oh, come on, church, are you with me? Yes. So as much as that scripture is very true, that um, those that know their God are going to do exploit, we cannot, I cannot straightforward go ahead to teach you about who God is when I've not laid the foundation down. Are you here? I'm surely going to teach you about God today. However, I'm going to have episode two next week. Okay? But today, it's very, very important as next week will be. So you're supposed to listen carefully. If you have any questions, we'll have Pastor Paul go around with a shade of paper where you can have your questions laid down. So I don't know whoever is asking questions. And then I can pick up randomly and other questions from the teachings I'm teaching you today, okay? Yes. Oh, are you here with me? Yes, yes sure. sure. Okay, so um, as much as all those things are true, I'm going to lay the foundation down. And So there are three main things or three main ways you can know God. And number one is true nature. Okay, so uh, if you see a tree being laid down, it presupposes that someone created a tree. And as much as men cannot create trees, then there is someone else who created a tree who is much more higher than men. Okay, so number one, Nature is one way where we can find, we can know God. I told you the other day that scripture says that no one can say they don't know God. Even the unrighteous will know God through his route and also through nature. We read a scripture here the other day. Are you here with me? So God says that he shows himself to everyone at all through nature. Number two, which is also, which is one of the things that I love so much is encounter or miracles or experiences. So you can equally know God through encounters, through miracles and through experiences. So this is number two. Are you here? So this one is according to God's own will. We cannot know God uh, through encounters if we have not had encounters with God. God himself decides who he wants to have encounter with. God decides who should have encounter with him. God decides who he wants to show himself to. Are you here with me? Yes, sir. So that one is not according to your will, but according to God's will. So number two, you can know God through encounters or through miracles or through experiences. And number three, it's one of the things I also love again, is through scriptures. So you can know God again through scriptures. And I would like to set the tone for this aspect, okay, of scriptures, of knowing God through uh, scriptures. Hallelujah. So uh, how are we able to know God through scriptures? Now, um, Bible, most of the times um, people say that the scriptures contradict themselves. Have you heard that statement before? Yes. That the scripture, the Bible contradicts itself, man. The Bible is not complete to um, Jesus lied. I was watching a clip yesterday and there was a guy who was teaching and he said Jesus lied about the end time. And he spoke, you see, and as much as he was making sense, he was foolish. Because, you see, we don't just take a verse, okay? I have to teach you about the Bible because if you are going to use the Bible as one basis to prove about the existence of God or about who God is, we have to prove that the Bible is genuine. Are we here? Because how then do we differentiate between the Bible and the Quran and the other books that we have around? Which equally talks about God? Which one is really true? Why should we follow the Bible? Because many of you are reading Bible and you are Christians because you are from a Christian home in quotes. But what really it is to believe in the Bible and to be a Christian to defend your faith, many of us do not really know. And that's what I'm teaching you on the Bible. Does the Bible really contradict itself or not? And now we'll get there. Now, anytime someone gives you a verse to read, Make sure you don't only read that verse, read the whole chapter. Are you here? Anytime someone gives you a verse to read, don't only read the verse, but read the whole chapter. There is something we call, uh, how do I say this? Okay, every scripture has one interpretation, one meaning, but the same scripture has different applications. Every scripture, every verse, has one meaning every scripture again has what one meaning and but this same scripture has different application what do i mean by that the book of isaiah chapter 6 the verse 1 isaiah 6 verse 1 i'm teaching you about the bible true doctrine so you know all those things so you could be able to picture out false teachers also when you are teaching wrong isaiah 6 verse 1 bible says that in the year or in the on the day that king hosea died I saw the Lord. Is it in your script? Is it in your Bible? What did he say? He said, in the year King Hosea died, I saw the Lord. Okay. Now, there are people who preach that for you to be able to see the Lord, according to Isaiah chapter 6 verse 1, 
something or someone who is called Uzziah in your life must die. So they psychologically make you think that if something that is a king that is not right in your life dies in your life, then you can be able to see God. As much as it is psychologically um, uh, appealing and right in a way psychologically, scripturally or when it comes to sound doctrine, it is wrong. Are you here? Bible says that in the year King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord. It didn't say that in the year King Uzziah died, then I saw the Lord. If you have placed then I saw the Lord in the scripture, it means that the result of him seeing the Lord was as a result of the death of King Hosea. But what the scripture meant is that the year or the day King Hosea died, I saw the Lord, or I also saw the Lord. It meant that if you go into history and you find the day King Hosea died, you will find the day he, the prophet of God, saw God. Okay, are you here? So, okay, okay, let me see this. If I write you a letter, okay, if you are reading the letter, one of the things you read is that you are reading, you are hearing my voice whilst you are reading. And you are reading it based on my intentions, what I think was I'm reading, I'm writing the letter. Not based on what you think. If I'm writing a letter, for you to be able to understand this letter, you are supposed to read the letter or uh, understand this letter based on what I am thinking whilst I'm writing, right? Yeah. That's why I'm saying the Bible is not supposed to be read and supposed to be explained based on our opinions, but based on the truth, the fact that it's been laid down. Are we here? So if we are going to take a scripture and we are going to read a scripture, we must read that scripture and understand it based on the intention of the writer. Because the Bible said every scripture is given to us by the inspiration of God. However, as much as it is given to us by the inspiration of God, they are given through men. Men wrote it. Are you here? Okay, so my, my language, my culture, my experiences will determine how I write. My experiences will determine how I write. And someone else's experience and knowledge will determine how they write. So you don't expect someone who is from a king home to talk plainly. He will talk um, metaphorically. Let's look at Solomon. Let's look at David. You, look, you see them writing and they are talking metaphorically. You see the book of Proverbs, the book of Song of Solomon. You see the book of um, Psalms. They are talking metaphorically. Most of the time they are talking in idiomatic expressions. But when you look at Isaiah's writing, it's a different writing. Because Isaiah's writing is different from <laughs> Isaiah is not a king, he's a prophet. David is a king. So the way kings talk is different from the way mere men talk in quotes. So if we are going to take a scripture, we must understand the scripture based on the intention of the writer. And the intention of the writer in the book of Isaiah, chapter 6, the verse 1, was to tell us when he saw the Lord. So it has nothing to do with if King Hosea died. You will see the Lord. So as much as you can equally apply it in that angle, that was not the intention of the writer. Are we here? Yes. Again, you see a scripture like um, the devil came or the enemy came to kill, to steal, and to destroy. Now, this scripture, as we know it, okay, it does not it, it doesn't relate to the devil at all. So we need prayer. The Bible makes us understand that. If the, the enemy, the devil comes, he comes to steal, he comes to kill, he comes to destroy. So we must not allow him to kill. We must not allow him to destroy anything. We must not allow him to take anything away. It's a lie. That particular scripture doesn't talk about the devil. It was talking about the Pharisees. If you read from the verse 1, there's, it was a, a chat, a conversation that was going on between him and the Pharisees. And he was saying these particular Pharisees, they came to kill, to steal and to destroy. But you can apply it. That also meets the description of Satan. Does it meet the description of Satan? Yes. So, but as much as it meets the description of Satan, doesn't mean that the scripture is talking about Satan. It was talking about the Pharisees being an enemy of the gospel, of the sound doctrine. Are we here? So he was talking about the Pharisees being an enemy of the sound doctrine. So let's assume, in quotes, um, if you go down the street here, most of the times around 5 p.m. going, you will see some man standing on the street um, behind another bridge over there, and then he's preaching, he's a Muslim preaching, and he's debunking the Bible. Such a person is more or less like the Pharisees in those times. Are we here? So such a person is being called an enemy of the gospel. He's not the devil. <laughs> he's an enemy, but not the devil. He came to kill people's faith. He came to steal the right doctrine from them. And he came to destroy their future. That is a, an application of scripture, so you can apply it in that sense, but it doesn't mean that 
uh, that is what it means, or that's what Satan. No, no, no. Are we here? So every time you give me a verse, understand where the verse is coming from. Are we here? Now we there that we read about uh, you. If you are able to uh, to do more, uh, and we said that okay, you have, you must make a sacrifice first. Then when you do, he will give you prayers down, taking together running over. You can't quote that scripture until you have sacrificed. So every time you read a scripture, at least you if you can read the whole chapter because of time, read at least five verses before that. Then you'll be able to understand the intention of the writer for that verse. Then you will not be able, you will be able to know whether the Bible is contradicting itself or not. Because there are many people that confess that the Bible contradicts itself. It is because they are reading one verse. And they will pick one verse and bring to you that this is what the Bible says. But that's what the Bible says. Are we here? So when you pick something, alright, one verse, and you try to match it to another verse, you get it wrong because you will think that now, wait, it doesn't tell you. But read the chapter. You understand why this one is saying this at this particular time. Now, the word gay, okay, the word gay, in our time, what it means, those days did not mean that. So, what you have to understand that grammar, words, evolved. So, culture played a role in the writing. Language played a role in the writing. So, some words in the Bible, what it meant those times, does not mean that right now. Who oh, are we here? Do we agree? So, you must understand this. So, when I read the Bible, read it based on the intention of the writer then. Those, the words you see, what was the meaning of that word then? That's how come people then go and look for the Greek version of the scripture, the, the Hebrew version of the scripture, the Latin version of the scripture. Then they'll be able to tell the original meaning of that particular word. So Bible said, he came to his own, but his own received him not. The book of John, verse 1, 12 downwards. But as many as received him, he gave them what? He gave them what? He gave them what? Oh, come on, church. He gave them what? Okay. The right there, the, the, the word there you see in your Bible that is power to become the sons of God. I know scripture says the right to become the sons of God. But when you go to the original version of the Greek, it's talking about exosia, authority. It's not about power. Are we here? So the word is written there, power. But in those days, the power meant authority. And authority is different from power. Oh, are we here at all? Yes, authority means different from power. So you must understand this dynamics of the scripture before you will be able to conclude that if the Bible contradicts itself or not. Because the Bible is in no way in contradiction of itself, despite the fact that we had different writers of the Bible. All of the scriptures. Are we here? And if you have any question again about any scripture, I will explain to you so you can write it down. And I want to establish the fact that the Bible doesn't contradict itself. It is we who do not write, read the Bible according to the intention of the writer. So anytime you read a scripture, read it according to the intention of the writer. Then, yeah, are we here? Yes, for sure. Or are we here with me? Yes, sure. Are you here? Yes, sure. Do we establish that fact? Yes. Now, for me to be able to also teach on who God is, then let's establish this fact. The two main questions I want us to ask. Is God comprehensible? Two main things. Before, so understanding under who, who is God or who God is. Two main things we must answer here. Is God comprehensible? Is God understandable? And two, is God knowable? So number one, is God comprehensible? Is God understandable? That's number one question. And number two question we'll be answering is, is God knowable? Is God knowable? Number two, is God knowable? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Okay. So number one, is God comprehensible? So, is God understandable? A big no. God is in nowhere understandable. Our human mind is so limited in capacity to be able to understand God. Are we here? Our human brain is so limited to understand God. So none of us as humans have the capacity to understand God. Our, our finite mind is limited to understand the infinite mind of God. Our mortal mind is incapable of understanding 
the immortal mind of God. Are we here? Now we again go to scripture, the book of uh, um, Job chapter 11, the verse 7 to the verse 10. Job chapter 11, 7 to 10. Then we will understand if God is comprehensible or comprehensible. Okay. Job 11, 7 to 10. Job 11, 7 to 10. So please listen and as you also read, follow carefully and read it carefully. It says what? Can you solve the mysteries of God? So can you, it's a, it's a rhetorical question. Can you solve the mysteries of God? So there are things that are about God that are mysteries. There are things that are about God that are not revealed unto man. They are mysteries. There are things that are mysteries also that are given access to man to understand and be able to know. Okay, so please move on. understand God and this understanding of God the knowledge to understand God is higher than you it's higher than us men okay move on please what do you know he says is it broader what you know okay you are not able to understand God because this thing is even wider than the sea your your, your mind is quite limited as much as your mind is very big and very powerful to be able to cause changes and all that. It is also limited in a way because it is not able to understand because it is vast, like that of, a, of, of the sea. Uh huh. If God comes and put the person Sometimes the Bible gets in, in good insult you in a nice way. Okay, the Bible can insult you in a nice way. Okay, oh, amen. 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 I think one time the Bible says in the book of Proverbs that um, a fool doesn't, a fool always wants to share his opinion but does not want to understand. So people who always want to, they are quick to talk. The Bible calls them fools. You see, he's insulting them in a nice way. So you, every day so can't ask you, you 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 can so the and our ability to understand God, it's not there. So you may be going through something and you go you'll be asking God, God, what am I going to A, B, and C? And you want you want to understand God. You cannot understand. Are we here? So do we establish the fact that no one can understand God? Because how for how long have you been able to find out or try to ask him questions, try to understand God? The day you want to understand God blows your mind. <laughs> The day you want to understand what something happens. You, are you with me? So no one on earth, none of us can be able to understand God. Not even the angels. <laughs> we are had the angels. We don't have the capacity of understanding God. How much more them? <laughs> they even come to our meetings to come and learn. <laughs> even Satan. Satan comes to our meetings to come and learn. Ah, is that what did you know about God? That then Satan appeared. Oh, see. I'll teach you this thing. We have a program called All Nations, and I'll be teaching you this thing because many of you do not know that Satan is ignorant. You think Satan is powerful? Yes, he's powerful, but his power is very limited. Satan is very ignorant. Bible says that if he had known that crucifying Jesus would have brought salvation, he wouldn't have done it. It means he was ignorant of it. So he has a level of ignorance. And we have to harness that level of ignorance to our advantage. But we do not do it. And we think it's powerful. So know this. If you don't take anything home, know that Satan is ignorant. Satan is not all-knowing as our God is all-knowing. So what? Satan is what? Ignorant. Some of you are afraid. I said Satan is what? Ignorant. <laughs> you see, this is the kind of fear he puts in you. So he can be able to defeat you and win the battle of war in your mind. 
So I'm setting the tone here. So God is not comprehensible. God is not understandable. But two, can is God knowable? Can we know God? What do you think? We can know God? Yes. I sure. Yes. Can we know God? Yes. As vast as he, as he is, we can know him. Okay. Yes, it is true we can know God. But you see, we can know God to the extent to which he has revealed himself unto us. Are we here, people? So, you can know God according to how he has revealed himself unto you. So, you cannot know God beyond that which he has revealed unto you. This means that someone can know God more than you. Meaning that this person, God has revealed himself to him more than he has revealed himself to you. So, it is possible for someone to know God more than you. Are we here? So a man in show say, A man in show say, I know my level. No. A man in show say, I have an encounter with God. And I keep talking about the fact that God showed me this, God showed me that. Now, based on the encounter people have with God, will determine how they talk. Will determine how they speak. Man of God, can you sit here for me, please? Please sit here. Someone is sitting there, that's why. So please sit here. Thank you very much. Right. So Based on the encounter people have with God, it will determine how they talk about God. Are we okay? So, number one, Bible talks in the book of Revelation that he revealed himself unto the churches. And then he came to this church in a pillar of fire. He came to this church this way and this way. Are we here? So someone can say God is this. And someone else can come and come and say God is this. It doesn't mean they are wrong or they are contradicting themselves. They are saying that because that is the level at which God has revealed himself to them. So we can only know God based on the level at which he has revealed himself to us. So it is possible to know everything about God, one. And again, it is, impo- it is, it is possible not to know everything about God. Do we get it? Okay. It is possible to know everything about God. And two, it is possible to know not everything about God. Because he chooses how he reveals or what he reveals to you. So he said, them that love him and are called according to his purpose, he gives them, he reveals the mysteries and the secrets of this world to them. So there are people who do not have the mysteries and secrets known unto them. But there are others who know these things. Are we here? So the level at which I might know God might not be the same level at which you know God. But it is still the same God we are worshipping. And yet he has been revealed to us in different forms. Are we here? So someone said, okay, I saw God and I saw I saw something like a flash, a flash. Someone said, I saw God and he was like a light, bright light. I could not watch. And I laid down and I laid prostrate onto him. Someone said, I saw God and he was in a white linen. Alright? His, his, his feet was like bath of iron or bath of bronze. Are you here? His eyes was filled with fire. So someone is saying that. Someone to say I saw God he was light. Someone to say I saw God he was in a white name. Are they lying? They are all saying the same thing. But you see, God, Jesus or God revealed himself to them in different forms. Are we here? So we can know God, but according to the level at which he reveals himself to us. We cannot know God beyond the revelation he has given to us of himself. So the only thing we know about God now is what he has made available unto us. Are we here? Again, Bible makes us understand that God exists. The book of Genesis chapter 1, the verse 1. says what? In the beginning, God. In the beginning, what? And you hear some preachers also preach that you should start your day with God because in the beginning, everything was God, God. You see, that is also another application, but that's what the meaning of that particular verse. Are we here? That's also an application. Okay, alright. So, in the beginning, God. So, the Bible talks about the beginning, that God was there, He created the universe and whatever it is. But He doesn't talk about His origin. Nowhere in the Bible will you find the origin of God. The only thing we know that God appeared. He he just showed up on the scene. But as to where He's from, whether He has brothers, whether He has sisters, whether He has siblings, whether he has a mother or father, we do not know. Because that information has been withheld from us. His origin is being withheld. 
It doesn't mean it doesn't have an origin. As people say, okay, God is infinite, it doesn't have an origin. We will say that because we do not have that information. So we say he's infinite. It doesn't have a beginning, it doesn't have an end. Mind the beginning, God. <laughs> okay. That's, let me just. I don't want to go. I just want to teach you. I don't want to confuse you too much. Okay, but I'm trying to make you understand that God showed us that He exists. But His origin wasn't given to us. So, as I'm telling you now, God can be known. But according to that which He has revealed unto us, he's, what He wants us to know is only what we know. Do we agree with that? Do we agree? So, we have people, okay, if God is there, blah, blah, where, is he, where does He come from? Because everyone has where they come from. But God is God. He doesn't have to have where He comes from. He's not man. So it doesn't come from the womb of, of a man. Are we here? Yes, sure. Are we here? So, yes, God is knowable. But does God exist at all? Does God really exist? Yes. Does God exist? Yes. Well, come on, Christian, does God exist? Yes. Some of you, when you meet atheists, then you will keep quiet. Some of you, when you meet some Muslim and Buddhist and all that, then you can talk. You, you, it's not like you are challenging you. You can't explain yourself. If they ask you a question, if they ask you this scripture, you will be found wanting. One day, went to evangelism in Lebanon campus, and we were talking to a white guy, and he says he doesn't want to hear about God. God doesn't exist at all. In one year, he lost his mother and grandma. The next year, he lost his girlfriend and someone else. So he was saying, where is God in all these things? If God exists, all these things will not happen to me. I'm not here. So does God exist? And if God exists, why is there evil? Can't God just take things away and move? Can't He just kill Satan and we just move? <laughs> and of course, you ask yourself, right? Ah, God, why? Why all this plenty? Sin and good. Like how? Eh? But why would you just kill Satan? Even if he, he doesn't want to be forgiven, you just kill him and make we just have good for the world inside. Why is all this sin and uh, righteousness and all that? What, what is all this uh, heaven and hell and uh, about some gym and you? I don't know. What is all this? But again, one of the reasons why we have all this is because there are principles in the kingdom. There are principles in the creation. I was telling one person, uh, one person in the ministry that the reason why God hasn't um, let everything be is because Satan himself has not accepted his wrong. So the problem is not from God's end about him not being loving enough to forgive. But it is on the basis that Satan himself does not find remorse to what he has done. He doesn't feel sorry for himself. So how then will God also say that, okay, let everything lie low? Deeper no, I'm feeling sorry. Why you all go? He doesn't feel sorry. So how then will God now sit with him and all talk? Anytime he goes to God, he goes to accuse a believer. So it's not God's fault. So please understand this. Just in case some of you have this question. Why won't there, God just kill everything and then he will just move up on? Why won't God just take Satan and demons away so he will just be on? This is the reason. Satan himself is not ready to repent. Are we here? He's not ready to repent. Okay, so God is no one but to the extent that which he has revealed himself unto us. But does God exist? If some of you saying yes, yes, God exists, you can't prove it yourself. <laughs> you want to talk, you can talk, please.
The end time was supposed to happen then. That's an argument from the 80s too. They believe that for that statement Jesus Christ has made, that the end time must happen in this time of in that generation, then why hasn't it happened since since? And 2,000 years past, that's still not happened. Then it means Jesus Christ is a liar. That's what the argument is. Uh, some of you are still looking at Maybe read Matthew 24. But you see, what people did not understand was the generation he was talking about. And again, he said, those of you who are with me, okay, will not taste of death until the second coming, or until the end time. And yet, when we look at the ages of those people, they are, they are already around 1800. And we look at the number of years people are living on earth, now they don't pass 200. So how can someone live beyond 2,000 years as a man? So the 80s would then pick up and say that, no, Jesus is lying. Because no one can live that long. But again, we read in the book of Enoch, that Enoch is at the ends of the earth. Oh my goodness. That Enoch, Enoch did not go to heaven, he's on earth. Okay, it's okay. <laughs> you can go and listen to that teaching that I, I ministered. I think it was Acts ADP. You can go to my Apple page and listen to that preaching. Alright, but I don't want to deviate, okay? Does God exist? We, we have to prove if he really exists. But as a matter of fact, no man on earth can prove the existence of God. Are we here? None of us. Not even angels, again. Not even demons, again. Can prove the existence of God. You see, we can have enough evidence that presupposes that God exists. But that is not a proof that God exists. Please get it again. I'm saying that we as humans cannot prove that God exists. And that is because we cannot subject God to scientific method of experiments. Or provings. Because the only thing we have on earth to prove is scientific gadgets. And God is too big and too vast to be subjected to our scientific methods and science and calculations and all that. And even that, it was the angel that touched them. <laughs> so how then can they subject God in terms of proving the existence of God to those scientific calculations and mathematics calculations, chemistry? You cannot subject God and his existence to that. So we cannot prove the existence of God because we do not have the right instruments. We are not capable. We are limited to be able to prove God. So no man on earth can be able to prove God. But you can equally maybe say you can prove God with rationalism. Uh, okay, uh, if something someone created this, then it's God that gave the wisdom to create it. Rationalism, logical. Uh, if you see the rainfall, it is God that made the rainfall. Because man did not create rain. Still logical. But again, man can create water. You see, I said again that God makes us know the things he wants us to know based on his level that he wants us to know him at. There are many people who say that God did not create darkness. People say that, and when um, God came on the sun, the Holy Spirit was saying, darkness was on the face of the deep, and it wasn't God that created it. So darkness also was existent already, which is a lie. You see, some people don't know. The book of Psalms tells us that it was God that created darkness. You see, Psalms. You see, you don't know. <laughs> you think when we read the Bible, you think that God did not create darkness. Darkness was just there, and God also came. And they will tell you, darkness was there, so as God came, darkness disappeared. It's a lie. God Himself created darkness. I told you that God has a dark side. If not, why will He create witches? It's okay. 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 Um, I see, there are some things I cannot tell you now because your mind cannot be able to receive it. And based on certain things, you will go into certain things which are not right. Okay, okay, okay. Alright, so that's God exists. Yes, He exists. But can we prove Him? No, we cannot prove Him. We are limited in capacity to be able to prove God. The book of um, Hebrews chapter 11, verse 6, can we read it, please? Now, your ability to be able to prove God, based on logic and rationalism, can be flawed. Because if something happens to you right now, you will again say God doesn't exist. You see? You believe God exists, okay? Based on certain things you have seen. But if certain things begin to happen in your life, which goes haywire or the wrong way, you will begin to say that God doesn't exist. And that is why we cannot base the proof of the existence of God on the things that we even see. And we, as I said about the white man we met, he, at the point he believed God existed. But when he lost all these people, all these people at the goal, the three people or four people he met, he lost them at the goal. How can I lose all these people within two years? It doesn't make sense. Then God doesn't exist. 
So why did he believe God exists? At least he saw cars, he saw nature. <laughs> he saw nature, he said, no, 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 they might think that God exists. And this cannot be, this cannot be science. But at the moment something happened to him, the dream that now God has not exist again. So if your proof or your, your evidence for the fact that God exists is only based on the fact that of rational thinking and logical reasoning, then it is flawed. It has limits. But the book of Hebrews 11 verse 6 says what? Hmm? So it is impossible for you to what please God without faith. And what please? Anyone who wants to come to him mm-hmm. must believe that God exists. Okay, so there our proof. Okay, if there is going to be any proof in any way we can prove that God exists, is belief. <laughs> so better are those that believe, who have not seen me but yet believe. Okay. He says that the proof for which he exists is on the basis that you believe, you have faith that he believes. And that alone is the ultimate. Because with that, no matter whatever happens to you, when you believe he exists, he comes true for you. So our only proof that God exists is that we believe. And that's why many of you cannot be able to explain yourself to people out there when they're asking you about questions about the Bible and about God. Because the thing is not something you can hold or touch or feel. It's something that is spiritual. It's something that you can't explain. And then you tell them, I wish you were encounter God. <laughs> you see, see, it, it, it presupposes as though you, you, you are unintelligent, you are not, you don't know the Bible. But it is not because you don't really know the Bible. It is because the thing, you cannot explain it. It is a belief. It is faith. It, is, it cannot be seen. It cannot be felt. But it can be experienced. Just like me standing here, I do like this, I'm not touching the person, but the person is falling down. And for the eight disciples, oh, uh, I'm here acting. But for us who know what God is doing, know that it's not acting. The person has been hit by a power, though we cannot see. We know something has taking place. So I pray for someone for healing. I did not use any injection or any needle or any knife whatsoever, any scientific instrument. But I just laid my hands and boom, healing takes place. You're like, how did it happen? It's believed. It wasn't physically done, it was spiritually done. How are we here? So, the proof for our ex- the existence of God that we as Christians know is belief. Yet, there are many evidence we can pick up from the Bible that would also make us know that God exists. Are we here? Are we here? Alright, so now, if God exists, then we must be able to know these three major things now. We'll be able to answer the question that we want to ask now. If God exists, there are three main arguments that I can help you with to prove that God exists. To just in case you meet someone who doesn't really believe that God exists and all that, you can use these three things to explain to the person about the existence of God. Well, let me let's say four, maybe five, ten parameters. Let's see. Okay, so number one, let's talk about the. Uh, the logical or moral, let's say moral, moral reasoning, moral reasoning, moral reasoning. You know every baby is born with a sense of morale, where the baby or the child or you, you are able to know the difference between good and bad. And this wasn't taught to you by your parents or your, anyone, your guardian whatsoever. But when something happens, you know yourself that now, I am my Are we here? You call it what? Conscience. Your conscience speaks to you. But you see, this makes you understand that there is a code, there is a moral code that has been implanted in man. But if there is a moral code that has been implanted in man, for man to know whether this is good or this is bad, or this is evil or this is righteousness, then it also makes you understand that then it was someone that placed it there. Who is that someone? It definitely wasn't a man. So who was it? Who was it? So there is a moral code. <laughs> oh, <I see> them. <laughs> so, so there is a moral code that is placed between it, that is placed in everyone, every human, that makes the human know the difference between the good and the bad. This is not taught in classroom. But you just know, like you just know. They are feeling sorry. Who told you to feel sorry? So there is a moral code in any man. And that is why if the devil wants to use any man at all, he sub- suppresses that moral code. 
if God wants to use any man, he he upsets that moral code. So some things will be seen to you, some things will be bad to you. But when the devil suppresses those moral codes, what happens is that he is able to take control of what is right and what is wrong. So then you don't know what is right, what is wrong. You think everything is okay. Are you here? So you should be able to know that every human has a moral code implanted in them. And that was implanted in them by God. For them to be able to differentiate between good and bad. Are you here? Yes. Now, the second one which I really love so much. Okay. Um, okay, let me, let me, let me, let me see. Again, encounters. Experiences. Encounters and experiences. Encounters and experiences. Many of you might not probably have had an encounter, but you see, a dream is an encounter. A dream is an encounter. So having a dream, having a dream, okay, also makes us know that now nah, something is making us have a dream. Because you can't just be there and have a dream. What is making you have a dream? When you, you see, what you do is that as a human, okay, you are made of, is it? Listen, you're made of two main things. Okay, two main things. Because you, you're a spirit. And you're made of a soul and a body. Okay? So you can say three, but it's actually two. So you're made of two main things. You're, you're a spirit. You're a human, you're a spirit. So you are one on its own. Then the two, the soul and the body. Okay? Are we here? Yes. Now, so if there is a body, then the body must live in a particular world. And if there is a spirit, the spirit must live in a spiritual world because the spirit lives in the spiritual world and the body lives in the physical world. So anytime you dream and you're actually in the spiritual world, you're having, you've, had, you've, you've gained access to the spiritual world. Either the spiritual world of the light or the spiritual world of the darkness. Eh? What you guys call deja vu is actually you having access to the spiritual world. It's like you, you see something like a cedar and now you, you've been there before. Yes, you've actually been there before but in the spirits. But your physical, your, 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 your flesh is now able to know. So your spirit has, is, is already aware about it, but your flesh is now getting to know it. Are we here? Are we here? So encounter. So the encounter is not only about when you see a fire in a burning bush. <laughs> a simple, a simple, <laughs> a simple thing like a dream. A simple thing like a dream you have. It's an encounter from God. It's an encounter. It's an encounter into the spiritual world. That's presuppose that now there is something higher than the flesh. Hmm? Do we, are we okay here? Now there is something we call the uh, the telos. The telos argument also says that for you a man, okay, for you a man, for you a woman, you are there. You want to achieve something. You want to ask yourself, what am I made of? What, what's my purpose? I'm feeling that you and you. So you begin to come to your ministry. What am I made of? What is my vision? What is my plan? What is the will of God for my life? What, what is my purpose on earth at all? Why are you asking those questions? Then you begin to ask yourself, why am I even alive? Well, what is the essence of my existence? All those things are placed there. They are codes placed there by God. So you could, you could prove his existence and follow his ways. So the tell us argument makes us understand that Every man that has a sense of purpose, those sense of purpose is a proof that God has placed something within you. So that if you don't have a purpose, why are you on earth? You just be on earth, eat, <laughs> sleep, and wake up and do whatever you want. But if you have a purpose, you know there is a particular place you must pass. There is a particular thing you must do. There are things you can't do like other people are doing because you have a purpose. Why are we not all singers? Because we have purpose. And our purpose is deeper. Why are we all not football, footballers, though we want to also play football? Maybe because we are being enticed by the money. But again, I say, if you want to play football, think about the person who is sponsoring the team. <laughs> People don't really think like that. Okay, okay. So, so, okay. The person who is sponsoring the team is gaining much more money than Ronaldo or Messi. Though they might be called the, uh, the highest paid footballers. The manager of the team, come on. They're gambling and all that. They're happening. Those people, they're making no money. They just don't state it. But are we here? Are we, are we on the same page? So you having a sense of purpose also presupposes to us that God places there. 
and also gives us enough evidence to prove that God exists. Because no man is an Iceland, so every man has a purpose. Are we okay? Now, lastly, lastly, let me say, say this last one. Okay, lastly, um, let's say, how do I say this to you to make you understand? Okay, the best word to use is a cosmic world, a cosmic or the cosmic argument, which is the, the world, okay? And that's one of the things I also love, okay? Because I'm going to say something to you, which you have to also think wide about, wide about. If you have any question, but I'm going to take the, um, the best round, alright, so we can have the questions laid out and all that. Now, the cosmic world, for you to see the earth, okay, the earth, the earth on its own has been placed in a particular size. Hmm? If the earth, the earth we see, okay, if it's been placed bigger than we already have, if the, listen, 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 the size, let me do this quickly, please watch this. If this is the size of the earth, okay, are we here? If this is the size of the earth that we are all okay with, if the earth was made like this, it would have been unconducive for the habitation of man. If the earth was bigger than it already is, it would have been unconducive for the habitation of man. Why am I saying this? Because it would have been producing a lot of nitrogen, and nitrogen would have killed us. Are we okay? So for the earth to be in a perfect size, it means someone has made that size perfect there. Are we okay? Okay. Now, the position of the earth. The position of the earth. If the earth was placed closer to the sun, because already the position of the sun, when you go to the north, the northern region are already experiencing um, Hamatan, but we are not experiencing Hamatan at the moment because they are quite closer. Are we here? So if the earth was, if the earth, okay, if this is the sun, can I get something? If, if, let's assume this is the earth, okay, this is the earth, and now this is the sun. If this one was placed much closer here, it means that the earth again would have been not, it would have been, thank you, it would have been habitable for us because it will be too much hot for us to live on earth so the earth where the earth is being positioned is the right and exact position for it to be for the habitation of man are we okay now if the earth again was placed away from the sun or from the position it is if it was placed far away from that position it probably might have been colder because already if you go to certain countries it's very cold to the extent that if you don't wear um, heavy clothing and all that your hands or your ears can get frozen and come by the touch of it, it gets broken. So imagine that, and then the sun We cannot live on earth because many people, many, many um, cities and many countries won't have been habitable because sometimes some countries have up to zero degrees, some even have minus degrees. Are we here? So imagine the earth was not was moved away from the sun a little to this place, also more cold get here more heat so the way it is is the perfect place and which person is that one place it there again which cannot be a man because a man is limited um, it can't even be a giant a giant cannot even hold the earth now i know many people also have another argument if the earth is flat and if the earth is uh, round and all that but bible also makes you understand that you see when you, when you read the bible very well you will know that the earth is actually Spherical, not actually, not actually a circle, not a circle, circle, but it's spherical. Okay, all right. So now, if the earth was a cube, <laughs> if the earth was a box, a cube, a square, it being placed on its axis to be able to rotate, it would be quite tough. Are we here? Because it means that if it is box, some people are here, they'll be upside down. <laughs> Oh, they'll be upside down. Are we here? So we want to be here. Yeah? They'll be here. Okay? So that is so people will be outside and some people will be sideways and all that. <laughs> now, so the earth. I'm saying the earth is also still not circular. The earth is circular. It means that there means that some people are also here. And it will still be upside down in some way. 
So it's not circle, it is spherical. Is the earth flat or not flat? Okay, you let me just see this. So now, the thing we know right now about the earth, it's being spherical. Now the earth rotating round, around the sun, it's giving us seasons and time. If the earth is not rotating, we only have day. Or maybe we only have night. Maybe we only have afternoon. Because the earth is not rotating. We won't have season, we won't have uh, rainy season and dry season and matter what have you know. And then one of the reasons why we don't have this season going on well like we used to is because the earth is moving faster now. Because time is moving fast. I said again, scripture says that in this time, he will shorten the time. Because if he doesn't shorten the time, we, his children, cannot be able to make it. So the time is being shortened. So the earth is moving faster than it used to. So though you will not feel it, the earth is moving fast. <laughs> okay, so for the earth to be rotating and giving us seasons, God in his own wisdom placed the earth there to rotate at a particular frequency, just like someone taught and made a watch to make the watch rotate in seconds. So the watch is rotating in seconds and then we are able to know day, afternoon and night. So for God to place the, the earth at that particular position and then it is rotating and giving a season, then God has really carefully planned the time. Are we here? Are we okay? Alright, so um, I think here we can conclude here because of time. So please, uh, if you have any other question, <laughs> if you have, if you have any, if you have any questions you can ask. So the question, this is about it. I really that because if you look at how God created the earth and its positioning and how it's been rotating and all that, you will see that God's wisdom is vast and it's not quite understandable. Like He, He's too wise. Like He's beyond the word wise. Now imagine the earth being bigger and being smaller than it is already. It would have been able to be habited by man. Oh. And now see God creating trees. Trees now give us oxygen. He thought about it. So we can live so that the earth will be able to be habited by us. So please, ask your questions. Ask your questions. And Paul, if they have written it down, fine, you can take it so you read it to me. If they want to also talk personally, fine, no problem. We can have them talk personally. So please, quickly, let's do this quickly because of time. Let's do this very quick. If you have any questions based on this, next week I'll continue and talk to you about who God is because I've established how we can know God. I've established the, Christ, uh, the, 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 the scriptures, the cosmic aspect and the um, test law and the nature, the scripture, the encounter aspect also. And these are all evidence. It gives us more evidence to prove the existence of God. Though we cannot prove the existence of God, these are enough evidence for us to know that God exists. Are we here? Okay, so please, if you meet anyone, you could be able to explain yourself to them. If they're not done, please read the ones you have quickly. Some people say God is a politician. <laughs> so, what's the question? Some people say God is a politician. Yes, what can you explain? Oh. <laughs> um, how do I say it? <laughs> God is not actually a politician. But God actually made politicians. If God is a politician, then it means that he was elected into his position. But he himself is not a politician, but he makes politicians. He is a creator of politicians. Are you here? Yes. God is a creator of politicians, but he is not a politician. If he is a politician, then it means that he was elected into that position. He was voted. To be in the position he is in and that means that we must have other gods who are like him but he said that there is none like him he said when he looked through the earth there is none the heaven the earth he there was none that he could swear with but to himself so there was no like him so they cannot, he cannot be a politician are we okay yes. god is not a politician okay go on but the second question says you mentioned that god does not have authority that he appeared on the scene. On the scene. On the scene. 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 Yeah. S-C-E-N-E. 
and I think the person has it wrong. Okay, please move on. But Bible in Genesis makes us understand when God created water bodies, what water body he made, he appeared on. Oh, okay, so I think the problem here is about the sea scene. I meant scene. God appeared on the scene. S-C-E-N-E. Okay, so not on the sea, not on the water. No, on the sea. Okay, please, more questions. If you want to answer, answer yes, Okay. Yeah. No, the moon is not a planet. The moon is not a planet. 
that. Unless you want to call the sun also a planet. <laughs> so it, it, as, as we said, it, it's not possible. If it was going to be possible, God would have also created them to be there. But the assumption, that's how we have movies too. People to assume that they are aliens, but, but these aliens are more or less in the spiritual world which will make themselves make manifest on earth. Remember, we talked about um, um, mystic, mystical creatures, creatures with different um, things that we've not seen before. When we even see horses with wings, they begin to pop up. Horses with wings, they exist, but not on earth as we see, but they are on earth still hidden. I'm saying not on earth because not at the place where you can be able to see them. Thank you.